hello, White Sox fans, and welcome to another edition of White Sox Daily Live. My name is Ian Eskridge. I'm here with my co-host, the Danny Miller. How are you doing, Danny? Uh, doing okay, aside from a uh, little sound snafu here on my end, which uh corrected before next week. But, you know, doing all right, man. Watching some uh, playoff baseball, two championship, you know, league championship series that are uh, going to seven games apiece. Uh, seven game, you know, game seven of one of them happening right now. Yeah. Uh, or, yeah. 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 So. You know, uh, watching uh, Bryce Harper and Hale Schwarber do some things in the postseason. And uh, watching Jose Abreu finally get uh, deep into October in the Battle of uh, Texas down there with Houston and the Rangers going head-to-head. But, uh, yeah, everything's great being a White Sox fan here. (laughs) How about you, man? How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing okay. You know, um, things are great. Uh, You know. Uh, yeah, like you, just watching some playoff baseball, and it's been fun, like good playoff baseball, you know. Um, it has, indeed. Lo- lots of dingers and, um, you know, good pitching performances here and there, and, uh, it's you know, it's been entertaining. So uh, I will say that, you know, for those viewers who are here and haven't, uh, Ian's been doing some uh, little graphics updating on our on our stuff, you know, our, 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 our borders are... Nice and uh, silvery and animated, and yeah. the live is looking very neon in the uh, White Sox Daily Live logo. And there's going to be some other fun surprises that'll pop up yeah, throughout the uh, upcoming show. So, thanks, yeah. appreciate it. You you've been putting a lot of uh, hard work and time and effort into uh, improving the uh, awesome professional quality of our backdrop here. So or something uh, much much appreciated on that, man. Yeah. Sorry, I've been going back and forth here between ball and football. I'm currently on football because, uh, well, I have a couple point lead here uh, on my opponent who has San Francisco's defense, and I'm really hoping. God, don't don't shoot me here. Uh, I know all you Bears fans are you're gonna, you know, get all over me for uh, rooting for another team in the uh, division. And I know Ian doesn't really Packer fan, but. Uh, I am rooting for uh, Minnesota to score as many points as possible here and take away some of those uh, defensive points from uh, San Fran. So if I get a little uh, hype tonight for no apparent reason, you know why. Yeah, I I mean, I generally like football. I'm kind of just like kind of done with it, you know? Like I just don't pay as much attention as I used to. And – you know, well, spoken um, like a true Packers fan that's lost Brett, Brett Favre and uh, yeah. Aaron Rodgers. Hey, man, you know, I'll tell you what, though, <laughs> I had I had 30 years of good quarterbacking and, you, uh, did. you know, like I'm just kind of, I don't know, just kind of over it. You know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. Now you get you get to understand what it's like to be a Bears fan. I mean, I guess. Except for the difference being that I don't really pay much attention anymore. That's that's the difference, you know. Like I used to pay attention to to uh, to football, and now I just I really don't, you know. So it's kind of like being a White Sox fan. You don't want to pay attention. Probably would pay less attention to uh, White Sox baseball, like so many others have in the recent months. 
Yeah. You I know, mean, like I, you always say, there's always the minor league system, right? Exactly. You know, like you, like this, this team has just been absolutely brutal to watch this entire year. So, um, I'll take, you know, I'll take, you know, some fun in the playoffs from other teams. Cause I uh, certainly aren't getting it from, certainly didn't get it from the white Sox this year, which is unfortunate, but you know, Hey, what you gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. um, yeah, we got some fun things to talk about at least a little bit tonight. Don't we? I mean, you know, um, it's not all doom and gloom. No. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there there's there's some good stuff, you know, and you know, I I know that there's a a lot of people are talking about uh, the Josh Barfield interview His with interview uh, Chuck with the, Garfine. Yeah, that you know, a lot of people are talk, talk podcast. Yeah, a lot of people are talking about it, and it's um there there's some good things that are coming from it, and you know, like I I don't know exactly, and, and the thing that we're going to have to figure out here is like what is what what are they going to be looking for? What are they going to you know? I, we know that the the roster is going to be a little bit. Um, it's going to be a weird one, right? Because there is, um, you know, there's going to be all sorts of guys that they have to figure out whether or not they want to, you know, whether they want to keep them, you know, whether they're going to trade them, and you know, that's one of the kind of one of the things I wanted to go over tonight is, you know. When you're thinking about what is going on with the White Sox roster and what kind of moves you would like to see made, I'd kind of like to cross-reference that with what they say that they're looking for. You know? Um, okay. Like, in, in the, you know, say, uh, you know, he's saying that he's talking about improving the defense first off. He did indeed say that, uh, specifically right. uh, when he was asked about right field, which, you know, Chuck pretty much alluded to what we've all been talking about. Chuck alluded to the fact that, you know, what we've been talking about for forever and a day here is that right field's been kind of a black hole for the White Sox. And, uh, you know, you're talking about the moment where he asked them what Josh Barfield's, you know, idea was about that sort of thing and, and he kind of was you know I mean he was asking a general question about the team but uh right field kind of seemed to come into play during that whole part of the interview and you know Josh had an interesting take on that and I'll go I'll let you go ahead and and uh, run with that for just a minute but you know I just wanted to kind of give our listeners who hadn't heard the podcast a little background on what was going on there yeah um so like the the idea that they're saying is that so many games are won and lost with defense and as we've watched the White Sox for years now it's no matter whether or not you have um you know guys that are spe- you know specific guys that are that are playing defense really well you still have an overall and overarching theme if you will that the defense is just bad you know and so he's saying that he wants to improve the defense first and foremost so if we're going to go through the roster and figure out 
like uh, what we're going to do here. And I kind of want to, like I said, I wanted to cross-reference it with what they're saying that they want and guys that we think could go away. And I think that's kind of, you know, we've been talking about the TA thing for a few years here. Right. You know, about whether or not we want to keep him or not. And, uh, you know, one of the one of the big knocks on him all the time is his defense, you know. Uh, regardless of even when he was uh, having um, a, a much better year with the bat a few years ago, uh, you know, his, his defense was still not, you know, top tier. And he's had uh, he's had years where his defense wasn't as bad, but you know we've still been talking about uh, you know like these stretches of like a week or more where he'll just go and he'll have like five or six errors in one week, right? And that doesn't change whether his bat's going well or it's not. So you know, do you think that? them saying uh, the defense is going to be upgraded, that essentially that T.A. is pretty much one of those guys that's guaranteed to be gone? Uh, I'm going to go with a resounding that one. You dipped out, so your your audio disappeared. So I don't know what you said. Hello? Yeah. Am I there? Am yeah. I here? I'm back. Sorry about that. No, I was just going to say, I'm, I'm going to go with the resounding yet on, on that one. Uh, specifically, just because we know that you know he's got an option that they don't necessarily have to pick up. I, I, your look on your face is my audio getting weird on you? No, not, not right now. Oh, okay, okay. So yeah, I mean, when you you know, and I listened. You know, I hate to do this so quickly back to back because we know Monday nights uh, does the. Uh, you know, I listened to his. What's that? Yeah, the Aju. Yeah, you dipped out for a second, so. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, and, and you know, he does his thing earlier in the evening on Monday than we do. And mm-hmm. he touched on this yeah. during his show a little bit. And, you know, I kind of have to agree with him where you, you talk about, uh, you know, not picking up that option. And what he pointed out was that there are there have been teams in the past that, you know, let's just say there's 60, 61 win teams like the White Sox were this past season. And one of the quickest ways to add 8, 10, 12, 15 wins to go from a 60-win team to a 75-win team is to improve defensively. Uh, White Sox have been near historically bad defensively. Uh, 2023 was just atrocious. Uh, 22 was not much better. You know, uh, so I have to think that yeah, getting you know Tim Anderson when his bat was going was was fine and it was fun to watch. But when it's not going, it's just bad all the way around. He's he's bad defensively. He's not hitting. There needs to be improvement on both sides of the ball. But again, if you can keep pitchers in games a little bit longer, where your pitchers, your starting staff is four innings, you're getting five, six, seven in because. They're not throwing 30 pitches in a single inning because you got and extending innings for them. Uh, I think it can do wonders for the win-loss column for the White Sox team. Honestly, you know, there's got to be somebody out there that can play better defensive shortstop. 
you know, for a fairly decent price. Yeah. Yeah, your audio is dipping out. I mean, I know what you're saying, but uh, but it has been dipping out a little bit. Um, yeah, no, I switch. I kind of agree. You know, uh, I I don't see. You know, the, he was like a. Uh, I think he was. A, he was either a negative sixteen or negative seventeen uh, DRS this year, and you know, multiple times during the year, his uh, his mistakes would end up drastically changing innings and a lot of the time would drastically affect the the results of the game and i i have to think that when he talks about upgrading the defense that right field shortstop and second base have to be uh among those those things that he's talking about improving and it it got me to thinking that if i was going to you know if i if i don't want to spend a ton of money because the the budget's already you know pretty screwed as it is that you know you're not picking up that that ta option you know for 14 million because you're essentially paying 14 million dollars for subpar defense and and also you know we don't know, you know, as we've talked about here several times that, you know, as you as the age goes up, generally the the numbers don't get better. You know, and um I have to think that that's like kind of like uh like just kind of like a a, f- a for a forward of what's going to happen later on in the off season here. And, um, I, w- I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on what you're thinking as, as far as the infield goes for, I mean, we think that TA is going to be gone. So what do you expect to show up there? Do you expect them to resign Elvis Andrus? Do you, uh, are you thinking guys from elsewhere, you know, free agents, or are you thinking, uh, you know, are they going to, you know, we know that Jose Rodriguez, plays nice defense and he's played second base and he's played shortstop. Uh, he's probably, I mean, he's more naturally a shortstop, uh, but I've seen him play both and he's good at both. Um, so, you know, maybe they re-sign an Andrus and bring up Popeye or, I mean, cause I don't know. You know, it's like Lenin Sosa, his defense is, is okay. You know, he's not uh he's not as good as, as Popeye as a at defense. So, you know, is is that what you're looking to do? I'm not real sure if they're looking at Andrews and signing him, but I do kind of like the idea of a Popeye Rodriguez. Uh specifically for the fact, like you said, we know he's pretty slick with the glove, uh, and he's very athletic at either position. Um, my only concern is, is, you know, and to be honest with you, it shouldn't even be that big of a concern because we've talked about it a lot on this show with Popeye, you know, if once he's given consistent at bats, he seems to kind of figure things out a little bit. And, uh, you know, I don't want to say that, you know, he's going to be outmatched when he comes up to the major league level. And, you know, let's just say they do make him a starter in this upcoming season because, they are leaning heavily on a, a defensive turnaround for the team. But 
I, I just hope that it doesn't hinder his uh, progress at the plate. And, you know, we've looked at all these new uh, hires in the system. And, you know, I hate to I hate to bring this word up, but Josh Barfield brought it up during that uh, interview with Chuck where culture, oh, that, that word, it, it, it makes my skin crawl. We've yeah. heard so much of it lately. But he did bring it up. Uh, and if they are instilling a new culture, and if they've got this new staff that's, you know, new eyes and new ideas. And you know, he talked about guys that are going to grind out at bats. So he's one of those guys that, can, you know, he can he can grind down at a bat. Like, but again, he's got some chase and some things he needs to work on. I just want to see somebody that gets on base and put some pressure on, on opposing teams, defenses, pitchers, you know, you know across the board. So I could see the White Sox going with Jose Rodriguez. I could see them going outside of the organization. Because that was something Josh also kind of touched on was that it you know it's it's pretty obvious to us that they're going to be bringing new people in uh it just it remains to be seen who those people are you know i'm not a big fan of the large majority of this free agent class for this season so uh i'm not real sure what the direction not the best for you uh i don't know what the Sox really have available to trade to the teams that isn't going to completely decimate the, the major league ball club uh, to get anything, you know, of value back. So it's a difficult question to answer, honestly. And I, I, I kind of wonder, like, where's your head at on this whole thing? I mean, you're interviewing me kind of asking me these questions, but I really would like to see where your head is on the infield. And not only that, let's, uh, let's just go ahead and throw your at it too. And uh, where's your head at on him? with the rest of the infield yeah actually you know that was i was going to be one of the the guys that i was going to bring up next and i'll just go ahead and do this um so just got his head bopping around here in the on the stream um you know that that's one of those things is that we know that his his contracts can be really difficult to get rid of um and you know he plays a good defense. Now he's not, um, you know, he's not Matt Chapman over there. You know, he's not uh, one of those guys that's just, you know, light, you know, Nolan Arenado, like that kind of thing. That's that's not what he does. But he does play a pretty decent third base, um, and he is not a negative when it comes to uh, to defense. And because his contract's so difficult to get rid of, uh, you would think anyway. Um, I mean, there might be somebody that might take a, a flyer on him and, you know, for salary relief, just like give you like a couple of flyer A guys, you know? Um, and I mean, they might be willing to to do that, I suppose, but I don't know if they're willing to move on. And the thing is, is that he's a, you know, he's a good uh, third baseman. So, and, and I don't think that Ramos is ready quite yet. I, I think kind of my feeling on the on the third base thing is that you know he plays a good enough defensive third base that you wait for Ramos to see what Ramos does in Triple A in the first half of the season, and if Yoan can manage to get the you know get the bat going pretty well and you know, kind of, you know, at least hopefully give you, you know, uh, more or less what he was giving you for the last month of the season for the White Sox. If you can get that out of him and if they can, 
you know, one of the things that they're talking about, grinding out at bats. So if you're talking about uh, getting Yoan back to his uh, more selective self from a few years ago, um, th- you might be, you know, cooking at that point, you know, that he might be playing a, a, a decent, uh, you know, a, a, sort of at least earning his money, you know, because it's, it's been a rough one, but right. it's it's going to be so rough to get rid of. So th- that's kind of where I'm at on him is that maybe they try and get rid of him at the trade deadline if they can if there's somebody that's uh viable to take his spot you know whether that be Lenin Sosa uh whether it be uh you know Jose Rodriguez who's played a few games at third base not a ton but he's played a few uh they had him working out there uh in a couple of games this year um in uh Charlotte I believe is where he was where he was doing it but you know I think that they're still going to keep him unless unless they can get somebody to take him off their hands and just let them wash their hands of it and uh, free up some more salary room, you know, because I th- kind of think that that's where uh, Getz is, is headed is trying to clear a bunch of the salary and get to 2025 where they're going to have a bunch of flexibility financially. Um, that's kind of where I'm at with, at least with, uh, with Yoan and, uh, you know, more or less the infield, you know. Um, one question I have for you is that, you know, Andrew Vaughn has not been offensively the player that the the White Sox thought that they were going to get with the, uh, you know, quote-unquote most developed, you know, most ready-to-hit guy in college. Yeah, uh, most MLB ready bat in his draft class. Same thing with Madrigal. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've heard that a couple of times, and uh, it just, you know, it hasn't. Uh, he hasn't been terrible, you know, but it hasn't been uh, what they had hoped. So yeah, it doesn't come as advertised for sure. Yeah, and his, and I mean, to, <laughs> to be fair, like you know, I know that he, um, you know, he didn't play first base a ton for a few years because you know Jose Abreu was there so they kind of were moving him into the outfield and having DH in a lot and you know but he played an entire year at first base this year more or less you know a couple of games DH in here and there um, but mostly first base I don't know as if I saw a market improvement in his in his glove over there uh, and if you're if you're talking defense, and you're also looking at his offense, and you're not getting like anything spectacular from him there, do they move on from him as well? I mean, is it, are we talking that you know the the you know the gets is just going to go through and just start cutting through the roster and just? I mean, guys? you know, they gutted the entire front office, right? They're you know the majority of it. They they gutted the bench. Uh, in the in the White Sox dugout, right? That you know, there uh, have been. I mean, I guys... wouldn't go that far. You still got the no, not got it knucklehead. That's you know the the manager. Yeah, still I mean there, Pedro's still there. Uh, Charlie Montoyo is still there, and apparently, you know, it's shockingly to me, uh, nobody's hired him as a manager somewhere else outside of our. Uh, you know, I think the guy, I still say he got the short end of the stick in his uh, previous situation. But, yeah, because you know, what happened to the Blue Jays that. this year? 
you know? Just saying. Because Just they saying. dumped him because he didn't do a whole lot the, the year previous and that they started badly. Well, the guy that they hired, you know, he ends up, uh, you know, getting them on this, uh, you know, crazy pace and they get into the playoffs. They lose. This year, they get into the wild card game, lose, you know, into the wild card series and they lose right away. Uh, they don't advance. So is it the manager or are we talking uh, like kind of like a, a White Sox scenario here, you know, where the guys are getting paid and, you know, getting, you know, announced as uh, being the next big thing before they've done anything, you know? And then meanwhile, the right. Orioles just come in and start punching everybody in the face, <laughs> you know? Diamondbacks <laughs> right. come in and start punching people in the face, you know? Right, right, absolutely. Yeah, I don't know. I But when I say that, you know, the so maybe the, the bench wasn't completely gutted, but, you know, there was a, a few coaches – that were, uh, you know, maybe stayed past their uh, their tenure. They're, they're welcome here on the south side. You know, Debo, uh, you know, everybody loves Daryl Boston for his, you know, his years on the field as a player. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it was time to part with, with some of those guys. They made some, let's see the faces you're making over there. I mean, you know, this is a, uh, I you know, mean, I'm it's, just it's a fun show. It's, it's a fun show, but uh, yeah. So we uh, we're looking at a, a big change organizationally, right? You know, we, we're we're still talking about new hires and, and and staffing spots that are still available and open. They're they're looking for a farm director. You know, they've got some other staff holes that filled between now and you know, hopefully soon. Actually, once the uh, the postseason finishes up here, but. Why not go ahead and just gut the product on the field? Because it's not like you can do much worse than you did this past season. Sox fans are pretty stinking tired of watching bad baseball when it was being shoveled, you know, scooped. I don't even, what do you want to call it? Craned in front of our faces, this filth of, you know, we're going to be a competitive team and we're going to have a sustained run of success. And this pipeline that we're going to have coming through the farm system to have, you know, this long-term success. And we just, I mean, it it got worse and worse. It never got any better. We hit the, the, if the pinnacle of this whole thing was two first round outs in the playoffs with one win in each of those series, uh, Sox fans are just, we're beyond irritated, aggravated with the, with the stuff that they've been shoveling at us here. So, yeah, I mean, honestly, if Andrew Vaughn's got to go, if you got to go, you got to go. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, I, I just don't see the point in, you know, like you haven't gotten anything really from him. I mean, he's a, he's a double hitter, uh, you know, can't hit, doesn't hit 20 home runs in a season. Um, you know, he's his, it's not like his, his batting average and OBP are really you know, setting the world on fire, you know, he doesn't take walks, you know, I and mean, he's a right-handed first baseman that is a foot shorter than every other left-handed first base there and doesn't hit the ball. The ballpark as often as we'd like. Yep. You know, I, I would, at this point, I'm ready to chalk up all the losses from the last regime. 
you know, I didn't want to admit to those things right away. I was lying to myself. You know, I bought into this whole idea that the the last regime, KW and, and Rick Hahn, were trying to sell us. You know, I bought into it hard. And now I'm ready to say, you know what? These guys that have been there for the last couple of years, those are their guys. And we keep hearing about new eyes and, and new blood in the organization. Well, let's see what those guys got to bring table quite frankly what happened before wasn't working uh if what happens coming up next doesn't work you're still going to be angry and upset but at least they tried something you know we're not spinning our wheels here and uh, you know i i really don't see any reason to fawn over guys that just aren't showing us anything yep that's that's pretty much where i'm at unfortunately you know i'm ready to say you know um Let's go ahead and just uh, cut our losses and start, you know, turning this roster over here. You know, I wanted to hold on to these guys for as long as I as 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 we could, you know, and give them the benefit of the doubt that they were going to get to a point where you know they were starting to, uh, you know, you know whether it be be healthy or uh, you know return back to form, whatever, whatever, you know nonsense you want to you want to try and you know put out there for him um and And here's the thing maybe maybe just maybe the some of these guys were the guy who they thought they were drafting you know but problem is is our development system has not been great and uh we could have broken these guys you know there's a lot of socks that train of thought that well this guy what might he might have been good but they broke him they ruined them. So, you know, bad organization ruined these players. <clears throat> Excuse me. Then there's the other train of thought is maybe they just hadn't been uh, very good at identifying real talent. Either way, I'm ready to move on. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I, whoa, I had this, uh, you know, like a, a little bit of a Twitter conversation with uh, Beef Loaf actually um, a few days ago, you know, where. I more or less said, you know, I am more on the side of talent trumps development. You know, if if you the if the guys that you find are average to below average and the the guys that you identify if their talent is, you know, on the average, yeah, if you're if your system can't develop a guy, okay, that's that's really going to show on those guys. Um, but Luis Robert, you know, he's very talented, and his development wasn't stunted. You know, I mean, granted, there there are some things that he needs to work on, and you know, I think that some of the things that he needs to work on are in between the ears. You know, and it's things that we. Well, oh, there's no think about it. Yeah, I mean, it's the things that we all see. It. It's pretty you know? obvious. It's you know, you watch him swinging at outside sliders. You know, it's one of those things that everybody sees, and you know, he needs to work on. And it, it, that's like a thing for uh, quite a few of the guys. But the thing is, is that the guys, you know, they can go through all sorts of drill packages. They can sit here and. Uh, put up numbers in the minor leagues when these guys aren't throwing elite stuff. And then when they get here, if they're not willing to adapt 
or they're not willing to change what it is that they're doing, when we sit here and watch it night in and night out of the exact same thing over and over and over and over again, if they don't adapt, that's on them. You know, I like I can't say that that's on the development side of things. You know, it's like I know for a fact, you know, that Andy Barquette worked with quite a few guys on pitch selection. And you know what? When they when they did what they were supposed to be doing, their numbers shot through the roof. You know, like Luis Miesis, uh two years ago when he had worked on his pitch selection a ton. Got a lot better. This year, you know, like the, the super tack ball and the, you know, pitchers not knowing where the ball's going and the hitters certainly not knowing where the ball's going certainly didn't help. And then he picked it up in the second half a little bit. Um, you know, Yuelki uh, Cespedes, they said that he needed to work on his plate discipline. He worked on his plate discipline. You know, in the first half of this season, he had more walks in the first half of this season than he had all of last year. So that, to me, says they're doing something right. The problem was is that Uelki Cespedes is not the savior that everybody thought that he was going to be just because his last name's Cespedes. Okay, he's got a, uh... he's got a cannon for an arm. But the bat-to-ball skill, which is the thing that Scout said right out of the gate, that was going to be the issue with him. Guess what? He walked a bunch more, so they f- they worked on that and they helped him out with that and his OBP went up. The problem was is that his batting average was like 210 this year, all year. Like it never went it never went higher than that really. You know? The problem was is that yeah. when and it, the power numbers were down. Yeah, exactly. You know, th- there is you know, when when the talent that you sign is not up here, you know, you're going to run into, you know, you're going to run into a, a spot where guys run into their ceiling before they get to the majors or when they get to the majors, they can't, they can't adjust. They can't make the adjustments and become, you know, that, that guy that everybody was hoping for. It's just, it is what it is, you know? And, you know, it's like we can sit here and talk about development. You know, know, like I saw some tweets today about, uh, was it uh, Courtney Hawkins, you know, about the the White Sox ruining his development. And I'm just sitting here thinking to myself, they gave the guy like eight or nine years to do something. You know, eight or nine years. And then he goes to, uh, you know. And then, like last year, he hit like three forty in the independent league. Okay, that's that's awesome. Oh, but yeah. like the thing is, is that you know the only places that he really hit with the White Sox, you know, like where he hit above average was a ball, and for like I don't know three weeks in advance day once. All right, you know he rose to uh, he rose to the occasion against. You know, subpar talent. When when he it seemed like he reached a peak, where when talent met up with him, he didn't meet up with the talent. Yeah, and yeah. you know, again, that comes back to evaluation, uh, which is something that you know Josh talked about in that interview with Chuck. He talked about evaluation, but the other thing that he mentioned during that interview, which I really felt 
really made me feel like, okay, finally, maybe there's there there is that new eyes and he recognizes this. But when he, I believe it was in the same sentence when he talked about you know having good talent evaluation. He also talked about finding guys with good makeup. He, I mean, he mentioned you know this White Sox team on paper is a better team than where the D-backs were just two years ago. Uh, before now that, you know, now they're going deep into the postseason. Uh, and, you know, he's proud of, of of the work that he was able to accomplish in Arizona, which he absolutely should be. And, uh, you know, the meteoric rise of that team in just a two-year span, when they were a 66-win team or whatever it was just a couple of years ago, uh, you know, it, it, having good makeup, when, when I hear him talk about that, it makes you wonder. You talk about all the talent that's on this level, but how many of these guys don't have the right makeup to recognize their own talent to further their own development? And he even talks about taking responsibility for your own development. You know, your coaches can teach you everything you need to be taught. It's up to you. And like you say, that space between the ears to use that and have the responsibility to take the next the next step. Yep. And, you know, you can have a bunch of athletes and put a bunch of athletes together. You can have a bunch of Luis Roberts that everybody says they look like the Under Armour mannequin. But if you're not going to take that step yourself, if you're not going to take the responsibility, don't have the makeup. You know, you can call makeup that fire, that will to, you know, TW, TW. Yeah. Right. Exactly. You can take those things and, and all that talent is not going to do you any good because you're not. You know, you're you're probably not playing for the team. You might be out there playing for yourself, thinking, well, if I do what I need to do, then maybe things will turn around. But you really got to kind of look at this and say, you know, I'm a baseball player, and I play for the third largest market in baseball. And I've got a a great set of fans here who's passionate. Now it's up to me to go out there and give them the the player that I should be and, and, and just take responsibility for my actions on the field, off the field, in the locker room, in the clubhouse, in the gym, during practices, during preseason. You know, a lot of these guys, I mean, we've heard the stories where, you know, some of these guys maybe got lazy during the offseason. Guys were coming in, you know, you'd get the same rhetoric. Oh, they're in the best shape of their life. They're in the best shape of their career. And then you come in to spring training, you're going, there's no way this guy is in the best shape of his career. Yep. You know what I mean? So here it is. T-W-T-W. 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 Yeah. So, I, you know, I, when he when he talks about things like that, good makeup, it, it gives me a little bit of excitement to know that somebody is, is, is recognizing this. But then again, is he just saying what he needs to say? Because these are things that we as fans who are not even part of a, a major league organization are talking about ages now. Yeah, I mean that's that's a a valid point, you know. Is is it just lip service? And I, you know, I can't obviously I can't say, but I but I do know, you know, what I've seen from the the D backs, you know, and I'm actually uh, rocking my uh, Kane County Cougars shirt today. Who used to be the uh, hey. ball team for the for the Diamondbacks, and a bunch of the guys that are on the Diamondbacks currently were Kane County Cougars. Like I saw Alec Thomas. You know, play in King there County. So, uh, uh, Geraldo Perdomo play there. Um, Buddy Kennedy, who was up with the uh, D-backs earlier this year, he's not on the playoff roster, but he's you know made a bunch of you know a bunch of 
time, uh, you know, a couple call-ups to uh, the majors this year. And uh, I, I didn't get to see Corbin Carroll because he went straight to advanced day. But, I mean, um, you know. Yo, he's awesome, yeah. And, like, the thing is, you know, like, when you when you listen to Josh Barfield talk and he talks about, uh, you know, his, uh, you know, that just how impressive Corbin Carroll is in the minor leagues and just his mindset when he's in the minor leagues, you know, it's like, you know, that's, you know, one of the things that I've heard, you know, from a couple of, uh, couple of little birds is that, you know, Chris gets, you know, in the, the conversations with the prospects, you know, some of the guys did not feel like he, you know, really cared about their situation. And, you know, from, from hearing from Josh Barfield, I can't imagine that if we went and talked to Diamondbacks, you know, prospects that they would echo that sentiment about Josh Barfield, you know, but the thing is that they're, you know, as he said in the interview, that they're going to be hiring a farm director here soon. And I'm wondering, you know, who it's going to be, you know, like there's uh, all these positions that are opened up and we don't know who's going to take those positions. So we get to see that as, uh, yeah, and, as you know, goes. you got to hope you got to hope that it's somebody that can nurture that mindset that, you know, he talked about with 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 Carol. Uh You know, and it, it's amazing to me for him to say that, you know, nine years as their, uh, you know, their development director down in, in, in Arizona, or at least nine years with the organization. He wasn't yeah. in that. But, you know, to hear him talk about these players and to say that Corbin Carroll actually taught him some things. And it was it was Corbin Carroll's makeup that is what he kind of learned some things from about this guy, you know, not just wanting to be the best single-A player, not wanting to be the best double-A player. He was already looking. Now, obviously, we're talking about a high-end talent who was, you know, this guy is, he, he he's like our Colson Montgomery. Everybody knew he was a guy when he was drafted, right? But he had that mindset of, I'm going to the bigs. So how do I become the best big league player? Even he's thinking about these things, even at the lower levels, you know, low A and advanced A and, and beyond. And it just goes to show you that, if Josh Barfield can learn from this young kid something like that, maybe it's something that he can take with him now into the White Sox organization and teach these kids. Because it sounds to me like it's that 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 word again, that fire word. You know, we need more guys with that fire in their belly, with that fire in there. Guys that want to go out and perform at a high level at the major league, you know, in the major league ball club. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't seen enough of that. And if this if he can instill just, you know, 10, 15, 20 more percent of that kind of feeling, imagine what it could do for that major league roster and, and the, the, the energy that it can inject in that dugout. Yep, that's kind of what I'm yep. thinking, you know, and it's like, you know, when I when I look at uh, you know, we'll get to it in a minute here, but you know, when I look at uh you know who the the White Sox are going to be looking to from the from the White Sox farm system and you know like we talk about uh, right field being a hole and we talk about first base like, you know being like a little bit of a uh, you know not necessarily a problem uh, but a you know at least not 
getting the kind of results that you're hoping for. And, you know, a couple of guys that you look down in the minor leagues and see is Tim Elko putting up good numbers this last year. And he is one of those guys that is a, uh, a leader and, uh, you know, is, um, puts a, you know, put up some, some eye popping numbers, uh, you know, over 120 games or whatever it is that he played this year. I have to mention that he's a big target. Yeah. Yep. At first base. Yeah. And I mean, you know, like his, his glove isn't, you know, like, uh, you know, like we're not talking about, uh, uh, what's his name on the uh, on the D backs over at over at first base? Uh, I forget what his name is off the top of my head right now, but he's Gold Glove winner. Um, you know when we we talk about you know that kind of defense, yeah, you can't remember either. I can't remember his name. Most of these guys on the D backs, like people can't remember their names. That's that's fine. Well, I mean, a lot of them just emerged. You know I mean? Yeah. Um. Here I can look it up right here. On the box score, because I am that smart. Um, uh, Christian Walker, gold, Thank gold you. Glover. Oh, it was driving me yeah, nuts. exactly. Gold Glover at first base. Um, you know, and the thing is, is that you know he's not that kind of glove, but you know he does have, uh, you know he's competitive and you know he puts together some good at bats and he doesn't go chasing a lot of stuff. Um, which is is more than I can say, you know, for what we've seen. He's got big pop to all fields. He does. And, uh, you know, uh, I guess we could just move to the uh, Arizona Fall League straight from that because uh, that transitions into, like, the the Jacob Burke. You know, when you watch Jacob Burke play baseball, situationally aware, uh, uses all of his talents – in every second that you see him play the game, the guy is a, a gamer, and he's got that fire to be a, a great player. You know, he's a, he is a killer out there. You know, and I'm not saying that he's ready yet to be a, uh, a major league outfielder. You know, there's going to take some time, but this is the kind of player that you're looking for. You know, a guy that's out there, and when he's out there, he plays with his hair on fire. You know? Right. And I, 100%. the White Sox need a bunch of guys like that. You know, you, you look at their, you know, you look, I mean, I know it sounds stereotypical and we've been talking about it all year long, you know, that uh, they look like they were dead out there all, all this year, but it's true, you know, unfortunately, you know, they were, that's the, that's the problem. It, they didn't just look like it. they were, yep. the record reflects it. Yep. Um, so uh, on the plus side of things, uh, uh, you know, I haven't actually looked from tonight, so I'm let me before I say something here, um, I'm gonna look at what's going on tonight out there. Uh before I before I say anything too crazy. Where are we at? See we got the desert dogs are up six four right now. Um so that means that um that Eater might have given up a few runs. We'll see here. Uh, let's see. Eater, four. Oh, you mean the you, the guy that helped uh, raise that uh, farm system ranking? Yeah. The, you know, one of those uh, mid-season trade deadline acquisitions that uh, Josh Barfield says we improved. Okay, so. Uh, I don't, not that I disagree, honestly. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, I, no. I would like to see uh, Jake Eater be 
the guy that uh, everybody's hoping he can. Yeah. Um, so you've got uh, Jake Eater went four innings today so far and uh, six hits, four runs, struck out four, no walks. Uh, so this is probably – this is his worst outing that he's had in Arizona tonight, I believe. Um, and it's still not uh, considering what I what we've seen from some of the other guys. He gave up three in the first inning, and uh, he didn't give up any home runs. So, it you know, he just got uh, – let me look here right quick and see what the Scorpions have. Yeah, they've only got uh, they've got a two doubles. That's it. They've got two doubles, and you know they've uh, all four of those ones are earned. Yeah, all four of them are earned, and there's two doubles and uh, apparently four singles. You know that just all of them happen to score. Um, but regardless, uh, so Eaters looked good. Uh, Leisures looked good. Uh, Fraser Ellards looked good. Hi, mom. Uh, Hey, thanks for the follow. Appreciate it. Hey, all right. Yeah, look at that. Um, outlying sense. Um, yeah, so, you know, like we've seen good things from uh, on the field from Burke and from Ramos, who are both in the lineup today. Montgomery the other day um, got taken out of the game and got pinch run for, and we still don't have any idea um, what exactly is going on out there. And uh, I talked to somebody today who's uh, part of staff, and he says that he hasn't gotten any word, or at least he didn't uh, divulge what he does know. Um, so, you know. Knowing the White Sox, if it, I mean, to see a guy go down to first base and immediately get yanked, you hope it's not a hammy. Well, there was like some weird what? stuff in that. And see, here's the thing is that it, there was no stream. So I have absolutely no idea other than that he uh, he hit a single and then there was an error on the play and he made it to second base. And then he got That's pulled right. and got pinch hit for. And like other than that, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what happened, you know. So um I don't know. I guess. Uh, I guess we'll find out at some point here, and I don't know when that's going to be. Um, so, just waiting on news for that. Uh, Yosimar Cousine, um, he's been getting roughed up, and he's been walking a bunch of guys. And uh, when he tries to come back from those walks, he ends up leaving it middle middle if he gets behind in the count, and that's been ending badly for him. Um, he didn't get a ton of work in season this year and he's also taking a step up in competition. Um so maybe some of the things that might have worked in advanced A um against some of the guys that he's facing down there, it would have worked against. But in the Arizona Fall League where all these guys are not necessarily top prospects, but they're all guys that do things. Um that maybe it's just not working out well for him. And also um you know, to be honest, the the umpiring hasn't been great. Um, there was uh, some times in a couple of at-bats in uh, Eater's last start where it was just like, what is, this, what is this guy calling? Because he's not, you know, like he's hitting on the corner of the plate over and over and over again and just not getting called. And it didn't matter which side of the plate it was. It was just over and over again where it was just not getting called. So 
you know, um, so I can't exactly see. Yeah, I, I saw the scorecards, and they did not look off. Let's just say there was some inconsistency. Yeah, uh, Frazier sure Eller just came in, so that's that's good. Uh, I'm sure he's assaulting a rosin bag right about now. Um, <laughs> Ah, smash. Yeah, he's looked he's looked pretty good. Uh, I don't uh, let me look here real quick. He's got a three point six ERA, and I'm pretty sure that uh, most of that is from like two innings where he gave up like two runs or something like that both times. Um, but he's looked really good. Uh, Addison Coffee has had a real tough time. He had uh, his last outing. He his first inning. Uh, he gave up a single and. Uh, Got out of the inning with uh, no other damage. They brought him out for a second inning, and then they let him wear it. He walked three guys, and then like uh, I think he got the first. The first out was a ground out to Montgomery, and then after that, I think eight guys in a row got on base, whether by walk or singles, and uh, just the you know singles or doubles, and it just kept on going and kept on going, and and they just left him out there to die, you know, so. Um, Sounds like somebody else I know. Yeah, and you know, like the thing is, like I understand, you know, like that they're probably trying to get him some pitches, you know. Uh, but with my, my personal feeling was that he's had a rough time out there in Arizona, and he finally goes out and has a good inning, and then they have him uh, sit and then get back up, and then they send him back out there. And the second I saw him come back out there, I was like, no, what are you doing? It's like after the time that he's had for him to go out and have a scoreless inning. And then, yeah, let him go out on a high note. Exactly. Let him build on it. Don't send him right back out. They sent him back out, and he got his brains beat in for, for a while, and I think he gave up like six runs that inning. And, uh, you know, He's had some consistency issues out there, uh, but you know, like the the movement's still nasty, and he's still doing good things out there. It's just, you know, consistency. Um, anywho, uh, yeah. So that's a uh, that's about it for the uh, the fall league. Uh, Ramos hit uh, two home runs in two days the other day, which was nice. Um, Burke has yeah, he's been, he's been pretty good. Yeah, Burke's had a couple. Uh, he's had a couple of multi-hit games tonight. Uh, Ramos is zero for two with a walk, and uh, Burke is one for two with a single and an RBI. And um, and he's got a sacrifice fly as well. So you know, there's 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 some you know good stuff going on out there. And uh, you know, if you watch our tweets at Daily White Sox on Twitter, uh, there's. You know, Burke's been making some really nice plays on defense out there. Uh, Ramos a little less so. He's got a couple of throwing errors, which, uh, you, you know, you would rather not see. Um, but uh, Ellard, oh, uh, no. he's got two strikeouts in the two guys he's faced so far. Nice. Yeah. You know, the, the main thing to remember about the AFL, too, is that, you know, this is just uh, – it, it's, it's one of those things where the competition – you know, the win-loss column really doesn't matter as much as the individual uh, accolades kind of go uh, in the individual developments that will, you know, throughout. Uh, getting these guys to play a little bit longer of a season, you know, some of these young guys that haven't played 140 games, you know, in the past. Uh, 
getting them into shape, you know, for what's to come in the future for them. And, and of course, you know, you're also talking about playing against the talent in other organizations that, you know, those teams are looking for more out of too. So you're not playing against a bunch of scrubs out there. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily call them all-star teams no. per se, Yeah, but these are the guys that are expected to, you know, have some value uh, further on in their career. So you're not playing against guys playing against during the regular especially at the lower levels where you got guys in a, you know, low A, advanced A, double A that are, you know, probably not going to be somebody, it you know, guy. on some of these, on some of these stats. John Rudolph. That's a, that's one heck of a profile. <laughs> that picture is everybody. quite the profile picture. He says, Abreu <laughs> nailed somebody again. So he fights a suspension. They all pulled the suspension, but it's to be served in next year's regular yes, season. Yes, it will be because he, they are losing eleven to three right now in the bottom of the eighth. And yeah, I, I guess he said, "Screw it, I'm just going to go out and plunk somebody else while I'm at it." Might as well. Um, yeah, that's something that we and hadn't. Nicolas Garcia is out there hitting bombs again. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, we hadn't mentioned that, but uh, it's looking. You know, I mean. Unless we're talking about a historic comeback right now uh, of eight, nine runs, and then they shut out the Rangers next inning. Um, you are looking at a uh, at the Rangers against either the uh, Phillies or the Diamondbacks, which the fact that the Diamondbacks are still... Uh, the the fact that they have put up seven, even even if they lose, the fact that they took the Phillies to Game Seven is insane. So we'll see what happens tomorrow. I'm, I, I, that's like must see TV right there. This has been a fantastic, absolutely fantastic postseason. I have zero complaints. Tyler, the creator, he is a rapper, and, and he is Dora, Dora the Explorer. Very nice. Um, um yeah. I don't know anything it's, about it's that. A, it's, it's, that's a heck of a combination. Rapper and Dora the Explorer all in one. It's true. Um, all right. 14-pitch inning for Ellard. Uh, two strikeouts, one ground out where it went off his glove and went to the second baseman, and then he threw it to first for the out. Um, that's just what I deduce from uh, the game day because there is – once again, there is no stream. The next streamed uh, Desert Dogs game is on Wednesday. Uh, which I will be watching uh, and be tweeting about. Um, yeah, so uh, Fall League's been, um, f- you know, for the most part, it's been, uh, it's been, I'd say it's been about like, uh, other than the Colson Montgomery uh, injury that is uh, a phantom injury that nobody seems to know about, uh, other than that, um, it's been a pretty good, uh, pretty, been about 75% good, you know. Um, there's been some bad umpiring, uh, some bad check swings called on Montgomery. Um, you know, so people that are worried about his strikeout rate compared to his walk rate, uh, the strike zones have been very inconsistent. Um, and uh, I wouldn't really worry about I it. So, uh you know, uh, Brian Ramos was dinged up for a little bit. Now he's not dinged up, and you know he went uh, went and hit a couple of home runs, and has been doing some things. Got his batting average up out there, uh, up to a 
He's at 255.708 right now, which is, you know, he was hitting in the 100s uh, last week. So you take that. And uh, Burke is hitting 250, 752 OPS. And uh, you take that, you know, with a great glove and uh, steals. I was going to say, he throws the weather out there, man. He really does. Yeah, steals bases, got four stolen bases. Um, Yeah, good baseball. The other thing that Josh Barfield mentioned in that interview as well, I just want to touch on that real quick, was, you know, the inability of the – the Sox to uh, take an extra base or even steal a base uh, in when he did get a base runner on. Uh, so when he was talking about adding guys uh, this off season or, you know, moving some guys up from the, uh, you know, from the minor leagues, uh, I expect to probably see some guys with some wheels, uh, you know, whether it be from within or from somewhere else, but, she figured I'd throw that out there since you're talking about uh, him doing something on the base pass. Yeah, and uh, yeah. the th- thing also is, uh, you know, you can't, you know, when we were talking about Popeye earlier, uh, he had 31 stolen bases this year and uh, had 21 home runs as well. So, you know, I mean, granted it was spread out across uh, two different levels, but he's, a t- you know, it's a 20-30 year. So you, you take you take things like that, um, and uh, you know he's got speed, he's got a good glove, and he's got power. So I don't see any reason why he doesn't get to see a uh, get to see a thing. Yeah, uh, Pusher brings up that uh, Chapman hit just hit somebody with a hundred and four mile an hour fastball. That was uh, Chaz McCormick on the Astros, and you know if this stuff continues uh, for the next uh, oh I don't know. Inning and a half here. If uh, actually, it'll only be like the next half inning. If the Rangers get up and they get hit, it, the dugouts are going to clear again. There's no way it doesn't happen. Um, yeah, right. Yeah, Abreu hits somebody, and then Chapman hits somebody with 104 miles an hour in the leg, and uh, it it took McCormick a, a good few few seconds to get up from that. That's yikes. Well, you got to think too, though, that you know. The uh, the Rangers dugout has got to be saying, "Hey, man, let's not let this thing get out of hand because uh, it's looking like we're going to the series. And if anybody gets in a kerfuffle, uh, it's not going to look real good on the organization when you're uh, you know you're headed to the the big dance." So uh, I'm with you. I think you, you like to think cooler heads will prevail, but uh, fortunately, when you're in the heat of battle. Things can get a little uh, hairy out there, so I hope that that doesn't happen uh, for the case of the Rangers. But you know, it doesn't make for bad TV. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens uh, here in the next couple of minutes. But uh, you know, I don't pretty much see no way that the Astros are headed to the World Series again, which I'm a okay with, and uh, I feel bad for you, Pito. But uh, guess what, pal? I'm happy you're sitting home. Um, because I'll see the Rangers. And, I mean, uh, this is the longest postseason run he's seen in his career. I think, uh, you know, and his career is winding down yep. quickly here. So, hundred percent, this is his best postseason. And, he, and you know, and the thing is, is that he, you know, he put in work during this during this postseason. So, you know, he did. He did. Yeah, I mean, if your yeah. team's given up eleven runs, you know, what are you what are you going to do? You know, so, um, 
Yeah, I know. We'll see what the World Series matchup is tomorrow when we find out from the uh, the D-backs and the Phillies, which has been a, f- a fun series. And, uh, yeah, I'd say that's about uh, all I got for this week. Um, other, I'm going to yeah. be uh, making a uh, a guest appearance on the 108 here on on uh, on Thursday night, so that'll be fun. Oh, I'll be sure to tune in for that. Yeah, it's uh, just doing, you know, a little... Uh, little segment here and we'll talk about some of the things that we talked about tonight and some of the things that uh beef also talked about you know with the uh the josh barfield uh stuff and uh arizona fall league and stuff like that so uh you know if you are so inclined pop in and watch the uh from the 108 <clears throat> stream on uh thursday at uh 8 p.m on the youtubes um yeah so uh you got anything else this week Danny? Oh, no. Well, there's one little thing that I wanted to just touch on really quickly here. But uh, obviously, we've been talking about the Josh Bar a lot tonight, right? And uh, one thing that uh, he said that kind of made me go, huh? Uh, you know, we were talking about, and we, we kind of touched on a little. We're talking about Arizona being that team that, you know, goes two years ago, you know, from the dumps to uh, now being part of a uh, a very highly contested battle for the uh, the championship series uh, just two years later. And Chuck asked him, like, you know, do you think it's possible for the White Sox organization to see that kind of turnaround? You know, what are we, what are we talking about in two years? And Josh... I mean, I'm not real sure. I mean, I hope this guy's got a rabbit in his hat. You know, something kind of trick up his sleeve. You're going to have to be a magician. Kind of make that kind of turn, I feel like, in the Sox organization. But I just wanted to ask you, what do you feel like, what, what is your thought on him saying that it is a realistic idea to have a, a big turnaround where you were talking about possibly winning the division in Maybe not a deep playoff run, but you're talking about possibly winning the division and looking at a, a return to the playoffs in two years. Yeah, uh, yeah. you know, uh, I, I mean, I don't think that they they couldn't. Uh, I mean, my only issue here with with that line of thinking is that even if they replace a bunch of the roster, I don't think Pedro is capable of doing that. I think Pedro is going to be. Even if that happens, like you would never see the White Sox do what the Diamondbacks are doing because Pedro is not capable of doing what Tori Lovello is doing. You know? Yeah, I just had to ask. Like I said, I didn't want to. I didn't want to lead you too much, but that was exactly my thought. I just, just I don't have the confidence in our manager. Absolutely not. Um, I'm I'm right there with you. I don't think that he has the mental acumen to uh, to do that with uh a baseball team i just don't uh you know judging from what i've seen and from the lack of accountability from the veterans who were he was letting run the clubhouse supposedly and the tire fire that that whole thing turned into i just i don't i don't see it and uh you know obviously uh josh can't throw him under the bus because it's gets his boy you know so he can't just uh you know, say, well, yeah, it would be possible if we didn't have this dope run in the team, you know, uh, speaking of Pedro, but, um, you know, like he can't say that, 
Uh, but I'm sure he's probably thinking it just like everybody else is. Nobody else has got any faith in this dude. Like, you know, I mean, to let what happened in that dugout happen, you know, dugout slash clubhouse, to let that happen and then say, oh, well, you know, I was letting those guys run it. And, like, that's some sort of excuse. After about 20 games, you saw that that was the way that the culture was, the culture was going. Uh, I don't want to get into a big culture conversation right now. We can get into that conversation next week um, about what the culture is, blah, blah, blah. But um, once you see you're about, uh, you know, 20 games in and you've – I forget what the, what the record was at that point, but it was terrible. Uh, once you got to that point and – you see that the the veterans aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing and the young guys aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing, he should have stepped in and done his job as the manager and taken over and said, listen, you idiots, this is not acceptable and this is not the way this season's going. If you think this is the way it's going, let me know right now. I will go talk to Rick and we'll get you out of here and send you somewhere where you think that this is going to fly because this is not good. But after about 100 games, that's when they started talking about it. And he's like, well, you know, I let them try and run the dugout, you know, blah, blah. It's like, dude, that is not an acceptable answer. That is the oh. answer of a complete and total doofus, you know? Like, don't don't tell me that. If you're not a leader, if you let that happen you're not if you see that right. your your players that you thought were leaders if you get 30 games into the season and you see the results that are going on out there and you don't say i should probably do something about this then you're part of the problem and that's who's still sticking Absolutely. around and that's that's an issue so that answers that question for you from my opinion anyway um yeah so yeah, not to mention some of the uh, really piss poor in-game yeah, management terrible. decisions that yeah, uh, we watched. It was like Tony 2.0 in a lot of instances where I was like, again, so yeah, I agree. Uh, like I said, I did, when I asked that question, pretty much, you, you pretty much parroted my thoughts right out of my head when uh, when I asked it. It was kind of where I was going with it, and I'm I'm glad that uh, we were able to. Throw that out there at the end here, but that, that's it. That's all I had for all right. This week, yeah. So, all right. So, uh, White Sox Daily is where you can find written material and you can find this podcast as well as well as all of the places where you get your podcast. Uh, you can see this uh, stream on our YouTube. It will be posted here uh, as soon as this uh, stream is over. It will be available for on demand stuff. Uh, you have a great night, Pusher Robot. Thanks for thanks for coming and hanging out. Hey. Um, we appreciate all you guys that uh, yeah. join us in the chat and hang out with us. Thank you much, uh, Mr. Rudels. Have a good night. Um, uh, Astros, you have yourself a, a nice good night. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, we'll have. Yeah, a, I'm not upset about that. Not ex- upset in the least bit. Uh, tomorrow we will uh, text. I'm sure over the Phillies and D-backs as we watch what happens there. Um, at Daily White Sox on Twitter, I am Ian Eskridge at I Eskridge on Twitter. Uh, at Danny Miller at Danny Miller WSD, and I still haven't fixed that stupid name tag on there. Uh, I'll get that uh, before next week. I was sitting there screwing with 
trying to get this chat thing working, but I got it working. So there's that. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, you'll see us uh, at Daily White Sox on Twitter. You'll see us popping up stuff from the uh, Arizona Fall League uh, as it becomes available. And uh, we appreciate all you. Thanks for uh, following us and uh, all the retweets and everything and uh, coming and hanging out in the stream and talking in the stream. And uh, you guys have a great night. And we will see you guys next week. Thanks. Thanks.